Hello and welcome to the next instalment of MediaTel Conversations, a podcast brought to you by MediaTel. Our aim is to bring you the biggest names in the media industry to discuss the most important news topics of the day, as well as allow them to tell their story. This week we delve into our archive to bring you a discussion between the director of MediaTel Events, Justin Leban, and the head of digital and partnership innovation at Channel 4, Jonathan Lewis, to discuss why the true roadmap of TV's future lies firmly in the success of its past. It's my pleasure to host a fireside chat with Jonathan Lewis, who is head of digital and partnership innovation at Channel 4. We're going to discuss the very latest viewing and trading trends at Channel 4 in light of consumers being stuck indoors and what this means to advertisers. Now, we're going to kick off straight away. Jonathan, thank you very much indeed for joining us. I understand connected TV viewing at Channel 4, which is obviously a hugely popular topic around the world, has jumped significantly in replacement of mobile device viewing. So if you can just tell us a little what is happening there and and also sort of explain whether this makes any difference to advertisers. Are they happy to see this shift from a smaller screen to the bigger screen in the household? Well, hello, Justin. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I suppose in answer to the question around connected TV viewing or televod viewing, as we call it, there's been a significant spike in growth in that area in terms of viewing on those devices. I mean, we saw increases or we've seen increases over the last year or year and a half or so. So from a base of around about 50 percent, maybe a year ago, it's grown up to 65 percent of total VOD viewing. But we've seen a specific spike over the course of the last few weeks in light of the post-lockdown phase where more people are going to the big screen to watch content or their video on demand content on the biggest screen possible, which is, I suppose, kind of kind of makes sense as a broadcaster. People want to watch their catch up on the biggest screen in the house. And if you're indoors all the time, you can't get out, then you're going to want to do that. Advertisers seem to be demanding a big screen more from a kind of buying perspective. And also we're trying to evolve our capability in terms of the ad formats that we develop on the big screen. So as part of the COVID lockdown crisis, we've actually created a new product called Engage, which is a dynamic overlay, allowing advertisers to change their creative dynamically and to deliver messages that might be supportive, which has received great traction in the market. So to answer your question about do advertisers welcome big screen VOD viewing, I think the answer is yes from our perspective. So on that dynamic ad sort of capability, how quickly can they change their creative? It's functionality that we literally can do with a sort of 24-hour lead time. So we do the work at the back end. It's effectively a frame that sits over the existing creative that we can manipulate and change for an advertiser. So, yeah, we've had a couple of clients so far that have utilised that, particularly supermarket brands that want to support the NHS and want to recognise what's going on around the communities. So, yeah, it's worked really well. That's really interesting. So prior to this then... Connected TV consumption was growing anyway, but you've seen a massive bump. Now, do you think because of this situation, those sort of brands, if you like, or those apps and those devices, do you think you'll see that sort of loyalty bump after COVID? Is that what you're anticipating at Channel 4? We're hoping so. I mean, it's really difficult to predict, isn't it? What kind of consumer behavior is going to come out of this and how both viewers and advertisers are going to react post-COVID, but also how long we're going to be in this situation. But there is a definite user behavior change shift going on in terms of people just watching telly but also watching content on demand i mean you know i could literally wax lyrical for 15 minutes about the records that are being broken on our linear screens on channel four at the moment friday night viewing is going through the roof we've had 
record viewing on shows such as Friday Night Dinner and Gogglebox and Celebrity SAS. It's just been incredible. So how that maintains over this period and, and beyond is, is difficult to ascertain. Well, one of the nuggets, if you like, here of what's occurred is that you're also experiencing a bump in younger demos as well. Do you have a sort of understanding of how they are viewing content compared to older generations? Like, is there a clear difference and, and does it really matter? Well, there's been a shift. There's been a massive swing from, you could argue that younger viewers were moving away from linear television over the course of the last year or so. And we've seen this huge swing back in April where viewing for 1634s on Channel 4, something like just over 30% in April versus a growth of around about 10% of total commercial viewing on TV. We also get a sense that young and old viewers are looking for somewhere they can trust, an environment that they feel comfortable in. And, you know, they're sort of leaning towards broadcast services and also catch up and on-demand services. The other thing I'd say, just from a Channel 4 perspective, is the kind of nature of our content and the type of stuff we have on our platform. So we've got the biggest archive uh, of any of the other broadcasters. We've got over 15,000 hours of archive content, number one. But that content is also predominantly speckled with numerous comedies, be they new series and old. So this archive of in-betweeners, which, you know, we're looking at it the other day, you know, that was filmed over 10 years ago, is having a resurgence. Father Ted, obviously Friday night dinner. So we're seeing young audiences come back in droves and engage on all four as a platform more than they've ever done. Well, that's interesting because I think on platforms like the big SVODs, Friends and old programs like that still remains the number one sort of stream program, doesn't it? Still to this day, and it's probably around 30 years old. So look, you touched on it a bit because all your connected TV apps and experiences are based around broadcaster VOD or BVOD. And according to you guys, BVOD is very valuable inventory to advertisers. Why is that the case? I think there's this element of brand safety, viewability, but also the kind of big screen impact of watching ads on the big screen rather than on a five centimeter square mobile device, which all kind of add this attractiveness of broadcaster VOD. And then you overlay that with, you know, the dynamic advertising formats that we can serve and also the additional audience targeting that Channel 4 can offer, be that demographic targeting or also interest-based targeting. And also some of the new products that we're really excited about announcing we're doing over the course of the next few days. So I think you couple all of those things together, broadcaster VOD, arguably now has never been more compelling, particularly in this kind of like current sort of lockdown COVID crisis that we're in. Do you think advertisers understand those sort of benefits? Because they often criticise the price difference between BVOD versus linear. And I know lots of broadcasters around the world struggle to sell their BVOD inventory. Like, do you experience that? Do you think advertisers really understand the benefits of a sort of premium content delivered in a managed way over these networks? I hope so. We did a lot of research and published a lot of research on this particular topic. Uh, we published some research in association with Thinkbox, Sky and ITV called The Bigger Picture around the value of broadcaster VOD. Got almost two years ago now. I mean, the other thing we've not talked about is the multiple viewing factor, which is one of the elements that came out of The Bigger Picture, where we noticed that there's a viewing factor of 1.6 for all broadcast VOD campaigns. So obviously more than one person in a room watching a big screen video on demand app on a Samsung TV, for example, which obviously we don't charge for. So again, I think that is filtering through, particularly to media agencies, probably less so 
maybe to clients, but that's the job that we continue to do is try and get that message out there. And that's why I think that this is quite helpful. <laughs> and just to be clear, you sell based on a single impression on a broadcast stream, but yet the statistics suggest that the likelihood is that there'll be an extra half person watching them on average. Or 0.6 or whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. And that was, that was, that was research done a while ago. So I mean, as factoring the comment we made at the very start of this discussion, obviously that's grown significantly in the last two years. So obviously that factor will grow as well. So one of the areas that have interested me is that around connected TV viewing is this sort of move, the shift to automated buying, buying audiences across, you know, lots of different providers that's on demand. How much value do advertisers place on context if they can buy audiences in this fashion? And does it really matter to a brand if all these audiences are gathered under a variety of broadcaster brands? Like, does that make a difference to, um, to advertisers today? So two questions there. There's the aggregation question, but there's also specifically a context question and where the advertising is placed within a particular program or environment, shall I say. And I think we feel very strongly that context is almost more important than ever, as well as ensuring you're targeting the right ad. And we talk about, you know, very much about the brand rub effect, you know, about showing advertising is placed in the, in the right environment because then the advertiser's message is receives the you know the, the, the right attributes or the same attributes as that particular media host being that what we would see as a premium broadcaster which is often called i think the presenter effects and and different attributes will come from wherever that media host sits within the sort of value chain so i think I, we think context is incredibly important marrying context and audiences together is arguably from my perspective the holy grail your second question is a more deeper, wider question around the aggregation of premium VOD services all under one banner, and be that an AVOD or AVOD and SVOD play. Obviously, we've started that in the UK in the SVOD marketplace. So we announced recently us joining BritBox, which is you know, obviously you know, the, the SVOD launch in the UK, which happened a while ago, which is ITV and BBC getting together. Will things move forward to an aggregation player of AVOD? Well, that's a very, very tricky, challenging, probably more political debate to be had. And will viewers benefit from an aggregated AVOD play? Potentially, yes, I would say, in competition with all the big SVODs such as Netflix and the emergence of Disney+. Plus. But it's a very challenging thing to bring together, I think. But what about Channel 4's position on joining forces in a sort of automated buying platform with trading desks etc so clients can buy audiences across you know a harmonized data set if you like and it doesn't matter mm. where that content comes from does that devalue channel 4's sort of position in the market if you're just selling audiences on that basis i think there's two things i think there's definitely an opportunity to aggregate data and also have a consistent currency in terms of how we sell to the market and i think that may be arguably one of the things that comes out of this crisis over the next few months is there may be a more of a coming together from the major broadcasters to ensure that there's a common currency. I mean, that would be the most easiest, probably frictionless first step in some form of coming together of broadcasters. I suppose the next step then is kind of like an aggregated buying point. I see that's probably more complex to deliver in the kind of like medium term. And then there's full-blown sort of player aggregation. But I think, you know, the coming together of data in a consistent currency, I think, is logical from anyone you talk to on my side of the fence. It's just making it happen. 
Yes, well, actually, that was a question I was going to ask you. Do you think this crisis will push broadcasters to partner up better and collaborate in areas that they've struggled with in the past? I think we've all had to think differently in terms of how we schedule content, create content, also how what, what opportunities we're putting into the market to stimulate interest from advertisers. So are we being forced to think differently at the moment within our own markets, within our own businesses? Yes, we are. Will that filter out in terms of thinking differently, being more open to greater collaboration in the future? From a personal perspective, this is not my business talking, I think it probably will open up conversations. What are the next steps in terms of advertising on all four sort of developments that will help marketers achieve their objective? Because I believe before the coronavirus hit, you were on the verge of giving advertisers the ability to bring their own data and match it to C4's own first party data. Is, is that still the case? Yeah, so it's been something we've been working on for about the last 12 months. And unfortunately, you know, something we would have announced by now to the market at some big sort of trade event. But yeah, we'll leverage Channel 4's valuable first party data. So we've got 23 million users and enable clients to be able to match their own data against all four data in a secure GDPR compliant way and buy against those data sets on all four. So being able to append a match to all four users. And we can do this because we've got such a big scaled bucket of audience data. So the hero product which we're announcing this week is called Brand Match. So that's a bring your own data client proposition. So clients with first party data can come to us. We're working with two partners, we're working with InfoSum who do the matching and a company called Media Rhythmics who are able to do the, the modeling and deliver the scale to that match to be able to buy those client segments effectively across all four platforms. So we've got about Half a dozen clients we're testing with at the moment, and we're making that announcement this week. So that's really exciting. And there's two sister products that sit alongside that. One is called Approved, which is a partnership with Axiom. So if you're a client that doesn't own first-party data but are buying segments on the Axiom platform, be they bespoke segments or off-the-shelf segments, you'll be able to buy those match segments on all four. And then we've got a bespoke product, which is mixing all of the different insight that we have across all of our data sets, be that platform usage behavior, viewing behavior against content, and also audience behavior, and to offer a more granular targeted sell against historical information that we have of activity on the all four platforms. So they're the three products that we're taking to market. Again, hopefully stimulate interest from advertisers that some of which have deferred campaigns in the live months we've seen across April and May. Oh, that's brilliant. I'm really glad that you're still able to roll that out. And perhaps the next time we'll chat, we'll have a look at uh, some case studies of how this has improved their sort of outcomes based and sort of more performance based marketing around TV. That sounds really interesting. And then finally, with all these sort of issues and economic setbacks, there's always pockets of opportunities that are presented. In your view, or Channel 4's view, what are those opportunities for you guys at this current time? The strength and depth of Channel 4's archive, particularly on, on all four which is having a huge appeal to young audiences. And I think this resurgence in young audiences that have been, dare I say, maybe slightly leaning towards the SVOD platform to kind of like, I suppose, recognising and understanding of that strength and depth of the all four archive. There's this whole kind of like perspective of being a trusted place to go and view content, be that news content or archive content or even new content. It's fair to say that, you know, against other media that are suffering, such as cinema, outdoor and to some extent radio, television and to a certain extent social seem to be the two emerging areas where there's definite growth. But TV and broadcast VOD arguably is one of those most sort of trusted platforms. So we're hoping that we can 
build on that momentum when we come out of the COVID crisis. Well, look, thank you very much, Jonathan. We covered a lot of ground with that. I really appreciate your time. I'd just like to uh, give you a virtual round of applause for your efforts <laughs> at this interview. So thank you very much. And I look forward to speaking to you in the future about the new services that you're launching around all four. Thank you indeed. Thank you, Justin. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe for all future episodes as we deliver more MediaTel conversations.